about this time every year, I always have a few extra emails in my inbox. I don't know if you get the same emails that I do, but I get the extra ones that are like, oh, personalized gifts from the local photo lab. Or they'll talk about, buy that someone special something at our jewelry store. Or it's chocolates. There, I have a ton of chocolate emails. My favorite, though, are always the flower emails. They're like, oh, get your flowers for the low, low price of our 40% markup for February. <laughs> In case you haven't figured it out, I'm talking about Valentine emails. There are a ton of Valentine emails. Well, I got one in my inbox that I had to pay attention to because it said, looking for love? Try these new and interesting places. I already have a love, but I could not help because of the word new and interesting. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to look at that. So I clicked it. So I'm gonna share with you, just in case you were looking for a love of your life, I'm going to share with you some new and interesting places where you can go and find that special someone. Are you ready? Okay. A quiet club. Have you heard of this? There's something now called quiet clubbing. You go to a club, and instead of the loud music, you go and check in, and you get a little headphone, and depending upon the music you like, you turn it on and it has a different color LED light. So you're supposed to like dance and it's real quiet. And you like dance up to people with the headphones the same color. You know, be like, hey. I don't know. If you ever do that and it works, you have to come back and tell me. <clears throat> Another place is in the park. You're supposed to spread out a blanket, put some food on it, and then just be open to conversation. Another one, opening night at an art gallery. That one could be interesting. A rock climbing wall in a ride share. So like if you're in an Uber, you're supposed to like, where are you going? <laughs> I don't know how that works. Um, an extreme mud race. I have done an extreme mud race. The last thing I wanted to do was talk to anybody when it was over. But apparently a lot of people meet that way. A dance class. And then, this is a funny one, you're supposed to go shopping for eyeglasses so that when you try on the frames, you can go up to a stranger and be like, how do I look? <laughs> I like that. Y'all didn't like that one. <laughs> and then another one is find a sports party. There happens to be a big event tonight, a Super Bowl, so you should go and find a Super Bowl party, dress in some colors, pick a side, start to cheer, and see what happens. Just out of curiosity, did any of you meet your person from something on this list? Anybody? No? Okay, where'd you meet? Where did you meet somebody? Work. How many of you met here? Yeah? Yeah, I, I kind of, y'all were my ringers. I knew about you guys. <laughs> yeah, typically people meet at church or work. Raise your hand if you met at work. Or school. Yeah, I met my love at school. Yeah, any other new and exciting places that I have not mentioned? Anybody? Well, I got to know. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. Anybody? Volleyball. Volleyball. That's a good one. 
Okay. Anything else? How about a store, furniture store, Kroger, shopping, high school sweethearts? Is there a high school sweetheart? My parents were high school sweethearts. Thank you very much. Very nice. The reason I am saying this is because just in case you have been looking for love in all the wrong places, I have a place for you. The dating scene has changed. It should have changed, I guess. We're more mobile, but yet more independent. But again, I have a place for you. It's kind of old school. Because everybody in scripture knows there's one place to go as a sign of betrothal. There's one symbol, one place to go. It's the well. I'm going to read to you selected verses from John 4. If you want to read the whole thing, you should. I'm going to read selected verses. Jesus came to a Samaritan city, and Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water and said to her, Give me a drink. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and flocks drank from it? And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will not be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. And the woman said to her, said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go. Call your husband and come back. And the woman answered, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You've had five. And the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, sir, I see you are a prophet. And our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will proclaim all these things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. This is one of my favorite stories. And so picture this with me. Jesus is tired from his journey. He sits at a well. He puts a blanket down at a park. And he waits until someone approaches. A woman comes up and he says, give me a drink. And the woman says, no, why are you asking me to do that? And the guy says, okay, I'll get you a drink. And the girl says, you don't even have a bucket. One of my favorite parts about this story is how normal that feels. That feels like a normal introduction. 
and we kind of feel like we might know what the rest of the conversation is going to be like. We kind of think maybe it's over, but we know it can't be because of where the woman is standing. The woman is standing at a well, and because there's a well involved, we know that it's a sign of betrothal, and the story's not over. In Genesis 2, it's time for Abraham's son Isaac to have a wife. So Abraham sends out a guy. He sends out a servant with camels to look for her. He goes to a well. He gives the camels a drink of water, and he closes his eyes and prays and says, God, help me in my journey so that when I open my eyes here at the well, when I open my eyes, she will be before me, the one he will love. And guess what? He opens his eyes, and there standing in front of him is none other than Rebecca, who marries Isaac. Rebecca and Isaac's son in Genesis 29, Jacob. Jacob is standing around with his friends, having conversation, normal day. They happen to be at a well. A woman comes up to get water. Jacob sees her. He immediately weeps, rushes to her. And in my mind, he gives her a big dip and he kisses her. It's kind of romantic. Exodus 2, Moses is at a well. A group of women come over to get water, and the group of men say, you need to leave. And they begin to shun the women and say, go away. And Moses says, no, no, I will protect them. I'm going to defend them. Let them come. The women go home. Zipporah says, dad, you're never going to believe what this one guy did. And the dad says, go back and get him. Zipporah and Moses are married. Anytime we see a well in scripture, we know a relationship is about to happen. And so the well is a symbol of intimacy. It's a story of community. And if three of the largest names of the Old Testament have a well story, you better believe Jesus is going to have one too. But the thing about Jesus' well story is it's different. It's different. It has a different set of rules, a different set of expectations, some different boundaries. Because let's face it, when you begin a relationship, whether it's platonic or romantic, you do not start with, Hey, can I get you a drink? Great. I've had five husbands living with some other guy. I'll take a water, please. We don't typically tend to be that honest in the beginning. We don't typically want to be too exposing, too vulnerable in the beginning. We want to hold back because we're afraid. And yet this well story starts that way. And Jesus loves her and accepts her because of it, despite it, and through it. And what happens next is the longest recorded conversation that Jesus has with anybody. 
the longest recorded conversation that Jesus has with anybody is the woman at the well. I have a friend, and he thinks that we live our entire lives just wanting everybody to say yes to us. His theory is that every decision we make, every action we have, it's just our way of trying to get a yes from the world. Do you like me? Do you love me? Am I smart enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I strong enough? Do you accept me enough? And here we have a woman that the community's already said no to. She's already been shunned. She's got a big no, and that's why she's there at noon and not in the morning hours with all the other women getting water for the day. And possibly she is the topic of conversation for those women in the early morning hours because she did things in the wrong hour, wrong order, the wrong time, this, 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 and this. And that's the thing. We know what it feels like, this woman, because there's a part of us that's standing at the well with her. I know this is going to be a shock to you, but there are people who are looking for church relationships. They're looking for a church to be in relationship with them. There are people that are looking for places to be that are meaningful, that are real, places of acceptance and places of belonging. They're looking for the well. And I know this is a shock. They want the church to say yes to them when so many times it feels like the church has said no. And yet here we are as people of the church that have already experienced grace and love and forgiveness, why wouldn't we extend that to the rest? Why wouldn't we extend the well to others so that other people can have the same sense of intimacy and relationship and community with God in new and interesting ways. And so it's our turn, Chapel Roswell. It's our turn to be an extension of the wells in Scripture. It's our turn to have the story be that, wow, we people of Chapel Roswell, we were praying. And while our eyes were closed praying, we had prayed that God would show us ways to love and not be afraid, not be worried and have a new ability to love the person in front of us. And when we opened our eyes, there they were. It's our turn to have an extension of like Jacob being with our friends, and when we saw other people weep, weep with them, embrace, and have moments of compassion and empathy and sympathy. And it's our turn, just like Moses, to begin to defend others, to begin to protect others. It's our turn to be an extension of the woman at the well, being very honest with where we've been and what we've done 
so that God can use us to reach the next. Let me say this in a different way. Do you love my little jar of rice here? Here's my jar of rice. And what I want to do, I want to take this golf ball and I want to try to shove it in here so I can still put the lid on my jar of rice. Look what happened. The more I shoved it in there, some rice fell out. And yet I still can't even put the top back on. Let's pretend for a moment that this golf ball is God's love. When you put God's love in a group of people and you just start shoving it in, people are going to fall out. But if you take your well and you put God's love in it first, and then you begin to add the people with their past and all the decisions that they've made and all their relationships and all that they are and all who they are, you begin to add those around God's love into the well, and look what happens. Somehow, it all seems to fit. And there's room for more people. And my lid still fits. So picture this with me. Jesus, tired from his journey, sits down at a well. And what happens next could quite possibly be the longest conversation we've ever had. Amen. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord, for all of the things that you have already given to us. And so here now in the church, we ask that you reveal to us ways to be stronger, ways to be more honest, and ways to be more faithful. In our homes, we ask that you reveal to us ways to be happier, more comforting, and more relaxed. In our our day too, Lord, reveal to us ways to share, to be more open and to be more willing. And if there are broken relationships, Lord, help us to mend them. And if there are those around us who look to be alone, especially around noon, may we figure out ways to approach them. And Lord, there are so many who are looking, looking for acceptance in so many ways, looking for love because they don't feel lovable. And they're beginning to hurt themselves or hurt other people around them. Help them have a balm to it. May they know how precious they are. And may you put in their paths people that will show them their value above all else. 
continue to be a healing presence in all friendships, in all marriages, in all engagements, in any relationship, Lord, that calls out to you. May you make them stronger together. And Lord, for people who have fractured relationships for many different reasons, we ask that you bless bless each of them so that they may find during this time a new sense of strength and a new sense of courage to help them and give them guidance. May they not put up too many walls or barriers, but may they be open to something new before them. May you help this time be a time of growth for all. And as always, Lord, we pray for the many people who have things they're going through, illnesses, surgeries, hospital stays, be in every part of it, in every hallway, in every room. And Lord, for the people who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries or occasions that someone's going to visit, may you bless those and may they be a special time as well. But indeed, Lord, we ask all of this in the name of the one who is always waiting for us to extend a hand of friendship and grace. Amen. I invite you always to respond through your gifts. And so you can see on the screens, there are ways that you can give to Chapel Roswell, Roswell United Methodist Church. It's really easy to use your phone to do. It's a great thing to have your phone out in church. What a great way to use it. There are other ways that you can respond with your time and your service coming up for the whole month of March is a mission month. And so there are several opportunities for you to be a part of that. And you can go on our website and learn more. But now with our amazing crew, our amazing band, let's stand and sing together. <laughs> 